<laughs> oh, God. There's your joke right there. There's a joke. That's just circumstantial. Dennis, uh, happy hour to you. <laughs> you seem very happy this hour. Oh, no. You're funny, that's all. I'm funny not that to look funny. At. Funny looking. Funny looking oh, dude. Lord. So, hap, hap, happy hour. Good Lord. What day of the week is it? Wednesday? Halfway through the week. It's it's happy hour day. Happy hour I've day. I've gotten busy. Really? So, in my professional life, I've decided to take the bull by the horns and nice. go after that money. Yeah? Yeah. Is the, but, is the uh, bull pooping any money out? Or? No, the bull Still- appears to be more one that thinks it's in the china shop. So there seems uh, to be a lot of damage without much uh, progress. You, you keep at it there, cowboy. Hey, did you hear what Sam Elliott quote was? I don't know if you are following Academy Awards and all that, but the, the Benedict Cumberbatch Western set in Montana, where he is a closeted rancher uh-huh. with great disdain for his nephew and blah, blah, blah. And Sam Elliott was quoted as saying something like this. What the fuck is all that shit about? What does she know about the West? Why would she shoot the movie I in New Zealand? This. And all this homo uh, stuff in there is just give me a break. They're running around with just chaps on and no shirts. And they look, <laughs> they look like the, what are the, the guys that dance? The, the, the men that dance at the women's uh, stag parties? Yeah, Chippendales. Yeah. Chippendales. The, well, I, famous Patrick Swayze uh, Saturday Night with uh, yeah. very funny. That, yes. that, that is good. So I, I actually did hear about that, and I saw this tweet thread responding to him uh, saying, "You didn't complain much when you were in this movie directed by because he, the quote he, that they were responding to was, what does she know? She's she, about the American West, right? She's from out there.'" And the guy responded saying, "You didn't seem to care much when you starred in this western that was written and directed by this English guy, and you didn't seem to care much when it was written and directed by this Australian guy, and you didn't seem to care much when it was written and directed by this Argentinian guy." And you shouldn't maybe, complain maybe, about the Italian spaghetti westerns that you grew up with, but. No, but his point was maybe the, her country of origin is not what you what your problem is with her, which I thought was a pretty sick burn. He actually thought that Brokeback Mountain was a, a stellar movie. So it fights against the notion that he's being homophobic. No, it's not about homophobic. It's, he doesn't think a, a woman should direct is the oh, message oh, I got. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Because, well, well, you know, fuck, fuck that fuck idea. Fuck him, right? Right. <laughs> him, and his, yeah. him and his big floppy mustache. He did a great job in A Star is Born. The brother of yeah. the main character there was his name, whatever. Yeah. Um, almost I'm blanking on that. <clears throat> I did some interesting things this, this weekend. You won up on me. We, we took a road trip this weekend. We left on Friday afternoon and drove four and a half hours to this little podunk nowheresville part of Spain, where my sister-in-law is temporarily for a couple months working as the pharmacist at the only pharmacy in town. It's this tiny little town of It has a bar people. and it has a church. Three bars and one big church. It's and not the, you told me a story last no. episode about, but it wasn't about this, I don't think. No, this is a Another place. road trip. You're just busy as a beaver all weekend. I know, just trying to gin up this podcast content. You've got so anyway, focus, which isn't all bad. Yeah. We, we got there on Friday night and my my in-laws were there too, her parents. They'd been staying for the past week because she had a birthday, as you may recall. And, and they were they're living in the, in the same house as, as she was. And she's living in the... So like the, the pharmacist that owns the house and the pharmacy uh, is like just had a baby or something and is on maternity leave and also lives in another city. Like normally she uh, spends the weekdays working in this little town, but then she goes back to a bigger city for the weekends. Anyway, it's this cool little house 
the where one of the doors of in in the house you go through and it opens up into the pharmacy like ah. it's the pharmacy and the house share a wall and so to get to work she doesn't even have to go outside and also there's it's so few people in that town that sometimes there are like four people that come into the pharmacy per day so she can just be in her house and when the bell rings in the pharmacy she walks over and attends to the customer or whatever right but but what really blew me away was um, like she's been there for four weeks and we went out to one of the bars with her and just walking to the bar like five all five of the five people that we walked by and like said hey how you doing to her and we're like her or as if she'd been living there for forever and ever right and, we, and right. we got to the bar and she walked in and everyone was like hey like norm and cheers and it was just bizarre that in in four weeks she she's, had and, and this befriended. is your sister-in-law yeah my sister-in-law and so um, she's a great great person and people love her yeah, she has this charisma and is open and will talk and listen to people. And turns out that's all people need to to like you. And anyway, she's doing really well down there. It, it reminded me of the movie Groundhog Day, where, you know, at the end of the movie, he's the town hero and everyone loves him. And he knows about, he sees an old lady and he's like, oh, how are the grandkids, Tommy and Sally? That, that sort of thing. Like she knows all the relationships of all the people in town already. And that's another thing. First of all, I, I envy that just open friendliness because I don't I don't really have that. If I went to a town by myself, I probably wouldn't be out just chatting up people in the bars. But um, but also, she has this memory of remem- remembering just not only faces but names and relationships and stuff. And it was just impressive. To I see. sure don't have that. Yeah, you can you? barely remember who I am every week. <laughs> but that, Jeremy, that was... do you feel that way? <laughs> I do, Donald. Um, Donald, that's my father's name. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something fantastic? Hey, tell me something fantastic. So back in 1973, 74, 75, um, I was traveling out west. I've told you stories about Oregon, Washington, etc. And during that time, I know, I recall that my dad had lent me money, but I didn't, couldn't exactly recall the circumstances. But I remember also, of course, that when I got a job on the fishing boat, which I made a hundred bucks a day and we fished three days a week, I was back then, that was a lot of money. That was like making 1200 a week. And I remember paying them back. Lo and behold, my brother, Joe says to me one day, we're on the phone. He says, Hey, I found a box here in my house, the stuff that belongs to you. And I said, Oh, really? What are you doing with it? And he said, that time you stayed with me. And I recall in about 1976 or seven. I stayed with him for a couple of weeks, and I must have left this box there. Whoa. So I went to his house. I got it's a time this capsule. Yeah, and it's full of letters. The best kind it of time must capsule. must be 60 letters. Some of them that I they're, they're from an old friend of mine who I haven't heard from or spoken to in years. Mary is her name. She moved to Philadelphia, became the head of a social work agency. That's the last I heard of her. There were many, many from her. We were very close friends. There was one from a woman who I remember trying to uh, date, <laughs> and then... There was one from my wife a year before we married. Huh. What a precious gem. That was all about that was all about her independence and this trip that she took down to Florida. But here's my point of my story is that there were several letters from my father. And these are the only letters I have from my father in all of my possessions. Oh my God. The only thing I had before these letters was a note in an insurance policy that says when you turn twenty one, be sure to transfer this uh, policy. That was the note. And I've kept that all these years. Right. Now I have letters, awesome. six, seven letters. He's so nice to me. We're, and I wrote him, obviously. Right. And don't re- recall, I can imagine what it was, but what a treasure. Yeah. What a treasure. Yeah. It makes you wonder what other 
treasures are around that haven't been discovered. Probably few of that particular well, nature, but... But the letter from my, at the time, to-be spouse was when we were not exclusively dating, but I was still running around chasing skirts, whatever. Not so much her. She she got divorced a couple months later. But anyway, too much information. Very, yeah, but that cool. was cool. Time capsule is right. Uh, so we're having a sunny day, man. Spring is about to spring. It's uh, 56 all week next week. I'm going fishing from the Perry Marquette. Steelhead are running. No, you fishing? Hoping. I invited my brother up here, but over here, but I doubt he'll be so motivated. Don't you hate it when you sneeze five times in a row? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> a little. <sighs> we'll leave that one on. A, a little surprise. I mentioned earlier, I think, a show I had seen. What was it? You hadn't seen it. Yeah, that makes it harder what for me it? to recall. I just started watching a thing uh, this week. That is so my type of show. Uh, I love anything about time travel, and I love anything about like when a character is going insane, but is it really insanity, or are you seeing the truth for the first time? That sort of thing. And there's this there's this show on Amazon Prime called Undone, and it's I think it's only eight episodes or something, but it's starring Bob Odenkirk is the the big name, and it's it's done with this technique, the a word I didn't know called rotoscoping. Any idea what that is? It has something to do with cleaning the anal area with stiff breath. No scope is for it means looking, so it's it's more about looking. Yeah, while you clean. No, it it's, it's two and one. Yeah, we, you clean clean and and scrub. I mean, no, lo, look and scrub. Look right. at scrub. That's right. It's a it's this technique of shooting something on normally on on film or video, and then projecting each frame, and then having an artist draw that frame, and then you do the next frame, oh, and yeah. you draw the next frame, and it's what you end up with is this really photorealistic animated result. But because it's animated, they're able to do like some special effects. I think the special effects must be a lot uh, cheaper with your animating when like. Say the special effect is two people are talking in a room and then one of the walls falls away and there's a forest out there that wasn't supposed to be there or whatever, making dream scenarios. And that's, it's pretty interesting. And of course, it's so photorealistic that like you can recognize all of the actors. If you know the actor, you can see who that is. I saw a thing a year or two ago that I'm sure we talked about, a movie about Vincent Van Gogh, where they did this, but they painted every frame in his style. Oh, really? So it was it was about him. It was there were actors acting, but then they they painted everything in this in his style, which was super cool. But anyway, it's this I'm like on episode three now, and it, it it's very cool. This woman that isn't very happy with her life discovers that like she she has a this is all in the trailer. She has a car accident and then now can see her dead father. And her dead father is telling her about how now that she has one foot in the in this other realm, she can maybe come back and time travel and help save his life. So he won't have died. How did he anyway, die? He was murdered. Oh, we think so far, but he, he was, uh, he was undone. Undone. Not that horrible undoing show that we saw. That was oh, the, uh, yeah. the Nicole Kidman one. Undone is called. And it, but like, apparently he was a particle physicist that was starting to understand what this other realm of where time has no meaning right. is. Right. So, anyway, it's right up right at my alley. It's the perfect uh, sweet spot for my taste. So I'm enjoying that a lot. I, I started watching uh, Super Pumped, the story of Uber. And it is very well done. And the first one got me to watch the second one. And I'm sure I'm going to continue watching it. It's, of course, based on 
Truth, I'm sure there's some, maybe some. Yeah, Uber was a real bad boy company. Yeah. They were just clear. like, they were just like, fuck your laws. Right. We're going to do this. And if you want to try and sue us, come at us. Sue us. Well, and it's, you're exactly right. That's what the first uh, two episodes are about. I also saw Jobs starring Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Kushner. Kushner. Kush. Mm, and yes. I want to mention Kutcher. one thing about it because you haven't. It's not Jared Kushner. It's Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. I'm morphing people. I want you to remember one thing, the way that he affected Steve Jobs' walk. Okay. And uh, very well done. I also saw the first episode of uh, Winning Time, the story of the uh, Lakers dynasty <laughs> with the millionaire owner Jerry Buss being marvelously played by John C. Riley And a <laughs> Adam McKay, who you know as a director... Yes uses this technique in Lakers, in the Lakers movie, that he breaks the fourth wall to explain what's going on. And John C. Riley does it, not just effortlessly, miraculously. Nice. And he also does this thing that I don't know that I've ever seen. I'll describe it, where he does a scene, like John C. Riley gets this loan from his wife and starts to sing with his hands up in the air to dream the impossible dream. And he's so happy, he's singing to his accountant. And as he's singing... It cuts to the next scene, which is him not singing anymore, but going over and kissing his accountant. He's so happy kissing him on the lips and it being a crazy moment. Uh But when they switch the scene, when they switch the set to the second thing of him tackling his accountant, you can still hear him singing to dream of blah, blah, blah. And you still see like his leg in the new frame. You know, it's I don't know that I've ever seen that, actually. But you said, yeah, so you must have have seen this. You just understand it. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, sort of. That's a hell of a, a creative cut. And at least one critic ridiculed it and said that the story was lost because of Adam McKay's antics. And I'm like, get a fucking life, dude. This movie is so fast-paced and creative and enjoyable and fun that you're just a wet blanket and you, fuck you, go to the theater, man, and go watch a fucking play somewhere, all right? If you can't fucking... So it's a series, not a movie. It's a series, right? I'm sorry. Ten right, boy, it's got my attention. And the dude whose name I wish I could recall is a newcomer who plays uh, Magic Johnson, who's from Lansing, Michigan, right up the road here. Yep. And, uh, of course, coached by Judd Heathcote and, and Tom Izzo and won the national championship. So there's this hometown kind of connection, having lived and li- lived and worked in Lansing for a while. It's incredibly well done. And And then finally, Dracula Untold, the movie. Dracula Untold. And I was going to say to you, when you see a title that's called Dracula Untold, yeah, I'm what not do you interested. think that means? I'm not interested at all by that title. Let me tell you what it what it what. I, okay, just guessing from the title, not looking at anything. I think it's probably some sort of backstory about what Dracula's home life was like or something. Actually, no. What it would be more accurately called is retold, because it takes the story and keeps a great deal of the elements you would expect. But the beginning of it and how it progresses is something that's never been done before. And uh, it's expertly done. And even though I don't think you're a big uh, horror guy, this has got some real cool stuff with it. You should see it for no other reason to know how terrified I'd be because of the tremendous importance the role of bats play throughout this entire fucking movie. I, I, I can see the, the poster oh, and also Lord. bats. Dracula was the original Batman. If you think about and it. the new Batman's out. With I'm looking forward to seeing it. It was only released in theaters, though. One of one of unique. Yeah, a lot, these days, so lately. much stuff is 
some, some stuff is not released in theaters. Robert Pattinson, who I think is an excellent actor and Speaking of one vampires. of the most eccentric, eccentric looking actors, reminds me of the level of eccentricity as Christopher Walken. Yeah, he's Walken esque for sure. Walken esque. Wow. <laughs> Walken esque man. Erudite. Uh, so those are four things that none of which you've no none of which you've seen. I'm not assigning homework. You're too busy for all four of these things. But you ought to look at one. I don't know of the ones. I think what you'd enjoy is Uber. Gordon Levitt is uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, J, uh, J. Gordon Levitt. J, what is it? I think I think it's J. Gordon. J. Levitt. Gordon Levitt. Joseph. 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 Yeah, he is uh, uh, outstanding. Yeah, I must have seen an ad for this movie because I for this show because I recall it. It is him playing the role. He's amazing. I love him in literally everything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've never seen it Uber. Like as I as I demonstrated, I already know a little bit about the story, but it would be interesting to. Uh, You've demonstrated it in illustrious fashion. It was enjoyable, on point, and it was quite a learning experience for me. <laughs> well, that's why we're here, Dennis. There's more, dog that, new tricks. there's more to that than you than young grasshopper. Indeed. One other thing I wanted to mention is when we went down to this little town to visit my sister. What's the name of the town? Ayotha. Ayosa? A L O Z A. Ayotha. Ayotha. And uh, four so, and a half hours, so that's a little trip. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Price but, of uh, gas gone up there yet? Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly by how much, but I can just tell you from what I've seen on, on the news because I don't regularly fill up a gas tank. But For you. Speaking of fossil fuels one of the things to go do from this place was to go visit a coal mine going down a work and in a coal mine another step down away exactly it was a at least 150 or 200 year old coal mine and it had been turned into a museum and we got to go in the in the little train down steep down and when we were going down they turned off all the lights so all uh -huh. we had were all we had were the lights on our helmets because we got to wear uh -huh. a helmet in the coal mine but they have a mine or do they all shut them off we all had them on but they turned off the lights that the, i know that but were... as the as a crowd did most of the people keep their headlight on or did they our, the guide told us to to turn them on oh but they weren't very bright though we, there wasn't illuminating much they were a glow rather than a, a flash a beam a beam and, me up scotty there's no intelligent light but it was cool we went down 300 feet below wow uh, yeah and we and we had whenever you have when you have a museum tour or something the quality of the guide means everything the docent like we i we we did a cave tour with my folks a couple years ago and the guide was this this college student that was doing the thing for the summer and couldn't really give a shit about any of the rocks or anything that she was showing us but this was a guy that has clearly been doing this tour for a long time and really cares about this and it was super fascinating we he took us back in time from the more modern tools of how they would how they would mine the coal to to back when the people didn't have any protective gear really and they didn't have helmets like it, it didn't occur to anyone to make hard helmets for the coal miners for a long time and what they had was they had a little beret but then someone had the idea of putting a little like a four inch wire sticking up from the forehead so if you were walking and you felt the wire move you knew that the ceiling was getting lower and you needed to duck to not huh. bunk your head like All an antenna canary hat and they didn't have canaries, but they had rats, lots and lots of rats down there. And that meant that you had to, because you came down for your 10-hour shift, you had to hang your food uh, from the ceiling on a little bag so the rats wouldn't get it. 
but the rats weren't all bad because if you were down there working and again you were down there with just like little lanterns that could barely illuminate anything and the walls are black and you can't see a goddamn thing but if the rats ever started running in one direction you needed to gather all your shit and head in the direction that the rats were running because right, so they could uh, sense that a bit was about to collapse or whatever and that, that those so you went where the rats ran i, I went down That's kind of the story of you growing up i went down where the rats ran the in story a dark black up. coal mine running around in downtown morganton yep so it was uh, uh that was super fascinating uh to learn all about that and to just to be thankful for the jobs that we have that aren't that horrible and dangerous yeah. and oh yeah like they would they would like by hand the the expert that, that knew what he was doing would would direct the workers i want some explosives here and here and then people would a guy would come with a big iron stake and another guy would hammer it and they would dig into the thing and then they would put the explosives in that hole and then they would cover up the the hole because you don't want all the explosive power just coming right back out you want yeah, to go sure. into the mountain and then they would uh they'd gather all their shit and light the fuses and run uh, hell. run like hell and then there would be uh they would do that at the at shift change so they could let the dust settle oh, for like, they could let, let the dust settle for an hour uh, before the next shift came in to scoop up all the coal. But just a wild wow. vision into the past and into a lifestyle that... Uh, all I can say is I want your life. I want to be able to travel to these cool places and have all this fun every weekend. You, you said, what did you do this weekend? I said, uh, I went to... I got gas. Watch some movies. Um Saw four movies, <laughs> hey. none of which you've got time to see because you're off going to in bat caves and museums and cave walls and mountaintops and crossing rivers and Indeed. outings and restaurants and little villages and seaside well, wayside. Hold on, I've got more. More? That was on this. That was on the Saturday, and then we after that we came back and had a nice barbecue. Had a, a couple other cousins came by barbecue from local what? town. Pork. <sighs> Pork ribs and bacon and uh, sausages. Come on, now you're pissing me off. <laughs> so then, I, I, hey, next time you do that, wrap some up and ship it overnight to me. All right, I'll ship you some uh, big burnt kielbasa. <laughs> <laughs> so on on the Sunday, we chose wisely to visit a place that was on our way back home. It was like a forty-five minute drive, but it was taking 45 minutes off of our four and a half hour drive home. And we stopped at this place that I for sure had never heard of called uh, Belchite. Belchite. And it is literally in the middle of nothing. There's the land there. I don't know if you can call it a desert, but the, it, the land there is so shit that there aren't any trees. There's just little tiny shrubs like off to another horizon in all, in all directions. There's just fucking nothing there. And there's this town there called Belchite. And it was the, it was the site of one of the, worst battles in the Spanish Civil War. It took place in uh, 1937, so 85 years ago. The Spain was fighting itself. Franco was trying to, to take over and eventually succeeded. But in this town, the Franco forces totally just shelled the shit out of this little town, totally destroyed this town that was there. And, and then when they were done, they said, we're going to leave this, we're going to leave this totally destroyed town here. Nobody touched this. We need to remember that this is what war is like, which is a great power move if you're the if you're the guy that just destroyed this town and is, let's let people remember what happens if you go against me. But eighty five years later, it it's extra poignant to see what it what war can do to a town. 
and just the holes in the buildings and and is all, it abandoned it's totally abandoned but like it's been actively preserved as a memory of to try so, and remind us not to do this again how long were you there only about or in the in the ruins area only about an hour because we didn't didn't call ahead and get a guided tour a guided tour would have been amazing but it was extra poignant because we were there at the same time that Russia is doing this to uh, U- yeah. Ukrainian towns. And I'll tell you what, you in wanna... the present day, we're, we're still destroying beautiful architecture and stuff yeah. in the name I, of I, war. I do have homework for you. I want you to watch the latest episode of The Circus, where uh. they interview Brezhnev's, or not, yeah, Brezhnev's son, who's now an ambassador in Sweden, who is amazing. Khrushchev's granddaughter, who works for the UN. And good Lord, what was the principal interview? Damn, don't blink. <laughs> oh, oh, what's the saying? The former ambassador with the walrus mustache. Tom Bolton. Interview ah, Bolton. Yes. Yep. And, one of the, and it is the most chilling thing, because when it's done, you remember what Khrushcheva, Khrushcheva, the woman, said, which is, make no mistake about it, you're watching Putin start... World War Three. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty freaking scary. So, what has Spain done? Are they Spain a NATO nation? I believe so. I, I don't know what I don't know what Spain has, has done. I don't. All I see is Spanish reporters talking about it. But I heard an interview with Gary Kasparov, the chess champion. Oh yeah. But sure. he's also because he was a, a chess prodigy. He grew up basically with KGB handlers around him all the time. And he got to know a lot of the inner workings of the Russian government. The Kremlin. Kremlinology, they call that, actually. It's fucking scary, man. And and he... Like, someone on the inside has to stop has to stop Putin before... That's what Lindsey Graham called for his assassination. Before he gets... <laughs> Should have seen the people run away from him. The, like with any assassination idea, it's if is it a... What's the, the metaphor? Is it a hydra where you cut off one head and, yeah. and another one is there? Or is it the sort of thing that whoever would uh, take his place would pull everything back and, and re, regroup? And, or is everyone that around him so confident in what their mission is, whatever that is? Yeah. I don't know. It's but, Yeah, I don't know. And so Biden's now calling the pump in, the bump in prices for everything, the, the Putin price increase. And it's driving the Republicans crazy because they say that's bullshit. Your gas prices are rising. Inflation was crazy. And now you're hiding, you're, you're blaming all that on Putin. And I want to say to them- Just as any politician would do. Because number one, the real reason it is because of COVID. And if you're so fucking stupid that you think that we're going to believe you when you say it's because of Biden, it's right. a worldwide phenomenon because 6 million fucking people have died. You fucking moron. Well, yeah, you blame it on a man. Fuck you. But Jesus, look, that, but that that's like American politics one on one. Yeah, of course. If, if the economy is bad, it's the president's fault. If the coal, if the coal, if the gas prices are high, it's the president's fault. As if the president is just has a series of knobs and levers and stuff that is yeah. controlling all of this. Like the fucking Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Yeah, some man. such shit. Some such. Well, gas is up to four twenty nine here. It's up to six twenty nine in California. And all this, this is the highest, the worst ever. That's not true when you consider the gas prices in the last major recession so many years ago, 1980s, when gas hit $4, 
and right. that would be eight dollars now yeah. and you, sir it's alarming but let's not say it's the worst ever and the people who say it's the worst ever fucking know better and a lot of the those gas price those gas shortages are what like made the automobile industry decide we didn't need these those huge fucking boat cadillac things <laughs> like we could be more efficient when gas is free who cares about efficiency right yeah well, it's mind-boggling, the whole damn thing. It's And it's going to get so much worse because the 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 stuff that's got to happen is about weapons. And as, you know, the dude who testified against Trump, the Colonel Vindman, he, I think I told you the last time I talked about Vindman, that he was a guest on, uh, he was a cameo on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, you might have been. Which was, he was a speaker at the Holocaust Museum. And Larry David had stepped in dog shit and threw his shoes away, walked in barefoot. And people started, a couple of his friends told him he was so stupid he couldn't walk around in his socks. So there was a display of Holocaust shoes. <laughs> so, nobody, so when nobody was looking, he grabbed a of pair. He did. Yeah. And they turned out to be the shoes that the woman he was dating, her dead grandmother who was killed in a concentration camp, they were her shoes, her, his grandfather's shoes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's anyway, Vinman, Vinman, Vinman. He's been doing a lot of analysis for the news stations. And what he said was, look, the no-fly zone would certainly start World War III. Ukraine needs to do a no-fly zone themselves, and they need land missile uh, launchers to be able to do it. They don't need necessarily planes. Another analyst said, yeah, they need drones that can shoot these things down. They need 20 of them. That should about do it. And they should be, we'll give them to Poland and let Poland give them to them or whatever. Or let the NATO. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard about that that strategy. It's and and it's so smart. And you just when you hear Vindman, you know, wow, not a politician, absolute expert, absolute courageous American, absolutely looking out for me and you, without a doubt, the guy to listen to, the guy to listen to. I'm 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 Joe Biden. I say, Vindman, thanks for the advice. I'm going to do it. And you know what he says? We should have done more, and we should have done it sooner. This is not a mystery that they need these weapons. It was sanction this, sanction that. Of course, that would be useless. Of course, it would be. Right, because what, do what does Putin care about if they shut down all the McDonald's in, in Russia? Which they finally did. They didn't he's, do he's that never, until they were pressured. But you know, it's such a, a strategically, it's a very wild situation because we explosive. we can't yeah, some, quite no pun intended. We can't just. Like on the one hand, you we watch the invasion and we feel like we need to do something. You can't just let the you can't just watch a bully beat up a kid. But on the other hand, if the bully has machine guns, I don't know. That's a, my analogy went weird. But I do like the strategy of seizing all of the wealth of the of his supporters. The oligarchs. That's very much a like one kid is bad in in, in preschool, and so the whole class is punished. Have you ever heard anyone say that Putin is, without a doubt, the richest man in the world? Uh, I might have heard someone say that. Yes. Something to think about. Jeff Bezos has got some money. True. And uh, Elon Musk was providing internet connectivity. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. And basically said, you want, what did he say? He wasn't shutting down shit. He said, right. You drag me, drag me across class. I won't. That kind of thing. One thing so I did. The, well, it, it, you'll like the, uh, you'll like the jobs movie because not surprisingly, his heroes, Jeff Bezos, well, and also the heroes of, of Bezos and, and how he made his uber millions. Bezos is Amazon. God, there's so much money. Yeah, we've talked about how 
with that infographic about how oh, uh, right. Bezos could how many uh, zeros there are provide vaccines for the entire world, and it would be like about as much as he made yesterday. Yeah, just yeah. how wild that is. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. I think yeah, it's such a complicated situation because we can't just fly in there and destroy all the tro- all the Russian troops that are in Ukraine because uh, that would not go over well with the guy that that is I don't know psychopathic. Anyway, if, I might, I might not be going back to Russia your anytime soon. Of the, what's your feeling on the the two bumps that Biden uh, recently got? One from his State of the Union, right. which historically gives two to five point bump on popularity, which did with Biden. And then the bump, however different over the years, for being now a war president. Have you read anything about that? It's interesting. It's, yeah, World War Three is pending, but there's some good news here. There's some good news here. That's very much like that movie I told you about recently where like the asteroid is coming to destroy the Earth and they and right. the scientists go and they tell the president and the president is like, let's wait until right. after the midterms. Look up. Look up. Don't look yeah. up. Yeah, don't look up. And the president was like, let's not tell everyone we're going to die until after the midterms. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it, uh, I don't know. Oh, Let's Lord. See if we're here for next week or not. We I have no plans for this weekend, so maybe I can watch some content. We had a beautiful uh, day today. Still a little cool, but the sun's shining. All the snow is about melting. Yeah, that's uh, what you Just, I'm going, like I said, man, I'm going fishing Pierre Marquette River. The steel had a run in. I hope to give you. When is that on, on the weekend? No, I, I think I may go on a Friday so because there's the fishing pressure will be less. Fish, a lot of fishermen will be out on Saturday and Sunday. Right. Friday might have a few extra who are thinking like I am. Thursday would be better, but I don't know. I like your. You got a solid plan there. It so. won't match your. It won't match your trip. It won't match your trip where you just absolutely went into the went into the freaking. Center of the earth. We're working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, another step down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a, another step down. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm already up and gone. Oh, Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine. Another step down. Working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine. <laughs> step down. Again, again. Okay, that's it for episode number 146. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 146. There are lots and lots of links in there. And special news starting this episode, if you go to patreon.com slash happyhour and join at the $10 per month level, remember you get four episodes per month, you will be able to see video recordings of our calls. So, see you next week.